You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. Today we're kicking off a brand new series. We're starting something new today and it's called He Who Promised. And the goal basically of this series is for us to understand how much of a promise keeper God is, how much of a provider, a blesser God is, and in doing so, we will realize that we can be a blessing to others as well. So we'll look at the book of Deuteronomy for this. Now, when you hear the word promises, okay, very quickly lang, what comes into your mind ba? If you hear the word promises or promise, unsay mo tatak sa utok ninyo? Unsay ma-think ninyo? Perhaps for some of you, medyo mahugot inyong answers, no? May mga bad experiences of promises, okay? Mga promise-promise or something. Today, again, we'll take a look at how much of a promise keeper God is. And for our first installment today, it's called A Charge to Obey. And we'll look at how obedience is closely tied to experiencing God's faithfulness and promises as well. So if you have your Bibles with you, can you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8? The book of Deuteronomy is one of the first five books in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 and 11 to 14. So, so we'll look at these verses. Now for the sake of context as well, I'll read verses 1 to 14, all of it. So it says here, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land, the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole day that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers, that he might make you know the man does not live on bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. You shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and out of those hills you can dig copper, and you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Verse 11, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery." Once again, we're reading at the book of Deuteronomy. Now, perhaps for some of you, first time you magbasa ni a specific book of the Bible. So, a bit of context and background about this specific book. Now, the book of Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. Again, the first few books of the Bible, the first five books, the Pentateuch, it focuses on God's relationship with Israel. Okay, Exodus talks about the Israelites being rescued from Egypt. Okay, and Numbers talks about the time where they were in the wilderness, their journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. And the Leviticus talks about the laws, basically, that they have to follow. So the first five books, again, talks about God's relationship with Israel. Now, this book, Deuteronomy, also includes, basically, it's a collection, basically, of speeches or sermons from Moses. And he's telling them to the Israelites. And he's doing so because at the end of this book, he will die. Para siyang last few words ni Moses. 
So what he has to say to the Israelites is very, very important. Now, you can basically look at Deuteronomy in these parts. The first few chapters, chapters 1 to 4, talks about the historical background, a quick recap or context of what has happened to the Israelites. Their time in the wilderness, how God has helped them, victory over certain battles, those things. So, medyo catch up ka. Because again, this is the fifth book of the first five books. So, gabasa or fifth installment of a book series. Now, in the second part, it talks about the covenant stipulations. Moses, once again, reiterates what mga laws, commandments that he follows the Israelites so they can receive as well the blessings that God has promised them. So that occupies a big chunk of the book. That's chapters 4 to chapters 26. And in the last few chapters, it talks about final blessings and exhortation in Moses, including his death. So our focus today, and in fact, the entire series is on Deuteronomy chapter 8. Meaning it's on that part that talks about the covenant stipulations, Moses' instructions to the Israelites as well. Now it says here in verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 8, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do. Now first of all, that statement, the whole commandment, it doesn't just refer to one part or one instruction or one commandment. Lang. Okay, but in, in some translations as well, it refers to all the commandments, all the instructions that God gave to the Israelites through Moses. So again, every command, all the commandments instructed in Moses, he says, you shall be careful to do. Moses tells them that you should do these things. Now he says that you shall be careful to do. That word there, careful, ang Hebrew word ana is shamar, and it means to keep watch, observe, or be guarded. Parang parang make sure nakalantaw ka, you don't stray away from it. So he's putting much emphasis here that you should or you must do this, the commands that I'm giving you. And this word, shamar, and word careful, it is used 65 times all over Deuteronomy and always, always in relation to obeying God's commandments. In other words, when you see this word, it is connected to obeying a command of God or all of God's commandments. And always in the context that it's because the Lord has saved them from Egypt. Again, if you remember, if you're not familiar with the story of the Israelites, at one point in their lives, they were slaves in Egypt. Okay, so mga familiar sa story ni Moses. Diba? Every Holy Week, diba? kitata ng story ni Moses, gerescue niyang Israelites. God called Moses to do so. At one point, the Israelites, sila as a people, they were slaves to the nation of Egypt. But God rescued them through Moses. God brought them out of Egypt. They experienced many miracles. That they crossed the Red Sea, manna and quail every day, provided for sila sa wilderness and many other blessings and miracles by God. Moses is basically telling them, be careful, take care, make sure you're being obedient to God because again, he has saved you from Egypt. He has rescued you. He has brought you out of Egypt. He has been faithful to you. In other words, they are to have careful obedience right, that was expected of them in response to the fact that God was full of care towards them. He brought them out of Egypt and get through the wilderness. God called Israel to complete obedience, and disobedience was to be based on remembering what the Lord had done among them in the wilderness. Now, as I'm going through this as well, take a moment to remember as well, as we talk about Him being a promise keeper, being a provider, okay, being a God who is able to richly provide and bless us. Perhaps there were times in our lives that we Lord, Lord, will you come through? Ba? Think about those times. Remember those times God was able to provide for you, able to bless you even more or beyond what you thought of. Think about those times. Moses is saying this to them as well. Be careful to obey God because he has done many great things for you. And it is further reinforced in verse 6 when it says here, So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. So 
if you were to ask, or if the Israelites were to ask, okay, Moses, how do we obey God? And says there, by walking in His ways. By making sure, ginafollow, ginabuat nilang commandments nila. And it says here, by fearing Him. So this talks about the disposition, how they are to do so. Because you can do a commandment, pero imong attitude, lahi. Have you ever been instructed sa parents ninyo at one point nga, nak, pakipalit ito sa tindahan. You were instructed to buy something. Pero reluctant ka. You didn't want to do it. But you still do it, but you were reluctant. You didn't want to do it. Here, Moses says, you walk in his ways and fearing him. Now, fearing here doesn't mean parang horror nga fear, okay? But it means with reverence. Meaning, when Moses says, keep his commandments, obey him, it is with reverence. Not out of reluctance or compulsion or parang annoyance or parang, ah, Lord, but Moses. No, but says here, with fearing him, with reverence to God, they are to walk in his ways. They are to obey his commandments. And why? We might ask, why naman ginaingon sila ni Moses? Obey his commandments. Make sure to carefully do this. When you go back to verse 1, you will see basically parang a cause and effect. It says here, like going back to verse 1, the commandment that I give you today, you shall be careful to do. Why? Because that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord your God swore to give to your fathers. That they would live and multiply and possess the land. There's a promise God gave to them specifically. And he told them, the commandment I give you today, be sure to do it so that you will possess this land, so that you will experience blessing and provisions. This is what God told them. And in that last part of the verse, it says here that the Lord God swore this to their fathers. Meaning, this promise God has for them has been in a long time coming. And now they're about to experience it. Now they're about to have it. This promised land, remember, they were taken out of Egypt. They were on a journey to the wilderness. Now they're about to go to the promised land. They're about to experience it. They're about to have it. And this promise was promised not just to them, but specifically first to their forefathers. Palang. And now they are about to have that promise. So for us to all the more appreciate this promise God had for them, and for us to all the more appreciate how much of a promise keeper God is, we need to look back basically at the forefather of the Israelite nation. To realize that many years in the making of the promise to God for them, for the Israelite nation. To do that, let's go back to the time of Abraham. See, Abraham, ang forefathers of the Israelites. Now, what happened in the life of Abraham is that at one point in his life, God called him to move from his hometown to go to a certain place. And God, later on, would make a covenant with Abraham. In chapter 15, verse 18 to 20, it says here, On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. His name back then was Abraham, but saying to your offspring, I give this land from the river of Egypt, the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Kadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Taming Magatites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. So God made this covenant with Abraham. Now this is important for us to learn and understand. Unsa ba covenant? Because this also affects the Israelite people. Unsa ba covenant ba? Which we'll be talking about a lot in this installment and even in the other installments. A covenant basically is a promise between two or more parties to perform certain actions and is taken very seriously. Nowadays, modern times, when two parties would make an agreement with each other, nga serious ilang pagtake ana, they would make a contract. They would write things down. But back then, ancient times, they would make a covenant with one another. Nowadays, the most close to a covenant is like marriage or adoption. 
And back then in ancient times, when people would seal off these covenants, or meaning to ratify, or make sure, okay, in place the covenant, what they would do is that they would have animals cut in halves, and both parties would walk between these dead animals, saying that if they are not faithful to the covenant, what's done to the animals can be done to them. Which again, what happened to the animals? Namatay. Okay, but it's like they're declaring curses upon them if they are not faithful to the covenant. That's how much serious they took the covenant. Gabi is serious with the covenants. Now, God made a covenant with Abraham. In verses 17 to 18, it says here, When the sun had gone down, it was dark. Behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. And what was his promise to Abraham? His covenant, a promise of a son, and a promise of land, a promise of place to stay. Now, where was Abraham? Ba? Okay, asa was Abraham at this time? Important thing to take note lang. Abraham, in chapter 15, verse 12, says here, as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham. So it's Abraham. Well, actually, he passed through. It was God lang who passed through and made this covenant. Siya lang nag, kung sa contract pa lang na, siya lang nagpirma dito sa kontrata with Abraham. It goes to show his commitment that he would be faithful to this promise. And he would promise Abraham a son and land. He would promise him children and land. But now in chapter 17, he step up on God ng covenant niya, kang Abraham. These are several years after his initial covenant with Abraham. Now in chapter 17, verse 48, God says, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. Before it was just, you will have a son, or you will be a great nation. Now, it says here, you will be the father of a multitude of nations, Abraham. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations. Kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. Now, it's important to take note that at this time, Abraham was still childless. So imagine Abraham, childless, and he's about in his 90s. Okay, I think it was at 99 years old at this time. And God told them, you will be a father to a multitude of nations. Can you imagine Abraham, what would he think at this time? And you know, God says, I will do this for you. And I will give you and your offspring after you the land of your sojournings. And all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. So if you were to look at this second version, basically, of God's covenant with Abraham, mas grabe pang promises niya. A land to stay, they will be exceedingly fruitful. Kings will be descended from him, everlasting covenant. And God will be the God of Abraham's people. So grabe ang covenant niya kang Abraham. And to cut the long story short with that, God made it possible for Abraham to have children. With Sarah, his wife, nga 90 years old na. So mga lulog-lulog na sila Abraham, and yet they were still able to have a child, si Isaac. Si Isaac, nagkanak po siya, na si Esau and si Jacob. And through Jacob, that covenant continued. And further on to his sons as well, okay, si, si Joseph, and later on to other son ni si Joseph. This covenant continued to the descendants of Abraham until in Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 to 6, when they were in the Mount Sinai, when the Israelites were there, in verse 3 says there, Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell people of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. So again, from Egypt. 
and how I bore you in eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So God made this covenant with the nation of Israel. This is the Mosaic covenant, basically. Now, what's important in this covenant, unlike the previous covenants, as Abraham at first, and the second time, all God told him was to circumcise every male in his household. This one, man, my instructions see God for the Israelites. basis, core and covenant with the nation of Israel, with the people of Israel. And that is the law that they needed to follow, God's commandments for Israelites. It's important to understand, again, that the Mosaic Covenant differs from the previous covenants. The Mosaic Covenant was centered around God's giving His divine law to Moses on Mount Sinai. Not just the Ten Commandments. When you think of God's commandments, ang Ten Commandments first matwink nato. But this talks about the entirety of the Jewish law. The 600 plus laws that God gave to the Israelites through Moses. Israel was to be God's light to the dark around them. They were to be a separate and called out nation that everyone around them would know that they worship God, the covenant-keeping God. And this is why God told them to obey His commandments because God wants His people to obey so they may enjoy the blessings of His covenant. Meaning, covenant, two parties. For God, He promised Abraham, he promised to the forefathers of the Israelite people that he would bless them abundantly. They would have this land. Kings would come from them. They would be a multitude of nations. They would be exceedingly fruitful. Grabian promised God. But on the other end, for the Israelites, they had something to do as well on their end. And that is to follow the law, to keep God's commandments. And again, God wants them to keep these commandments so that they would also enjoy the blessings that comes from the covenant. We see here basically from the story of Abraham down to the Israelites. You would trace back the story of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the Israelites. You would see God showing his faithfulness through the covenant. Through his covenant with this people, with this family of Abraham. You would see the highlight is God and his faithfulness towards them. Even though many times, see Abraham, he failed God. The Israelites as well, they failed God. God continued to uphold his covenant with the Israelite people. In other words, through the covenant, we see how much of a promise keeper, how faithful see God. Now he's about to fulfill his promise. First, swear kang Abraham. Now he's about to fulfill that as well to the Israelite people. God never goes back against his word. Unlike kita, mga people, mga humans, at one point in our lives, at, at one point in our lives, we've all broken promises. See, God never breaks his promises. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 to 14, Moses then says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His rules and His statutes, which I command you today. Now there's that word again, care. Meaning, be sure to be watchful about this. Be sure to observe or to be guarded about this. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God. Be sure God. And how do you forget God? How do you, you know, life says here by not keeping his commandments, his rules, and his statutes, which I command you. Here Moses has a warning to the Israelites, meaning they will forget God if they stop obeying his commandments. And not my specific context, but if they stop obeying his commandments, when? Okay, when what happens? It says here, when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them. 
When your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God. Moses warns the, the people here, you know, be sure to obey God, to keep his commandments, especially in times of abundance and provision, of plenty, of prosperity. It says, be sure to obey God. It's important to take note here, you know, these verses, it doesn't say, if you have eaten and are full. It doesn't say, if your flux multiply, or if your silver and gold are multiplied, forget you see God. No, it says here, when you have eaten and are full, when your herds and flocks multiply, when your silver and gold is multiplied. In other words, there is a promise for prosperity and provision for the Israelites. As part of God's covenant for them, God promised that they will be exceedingly fruitful. When they go there to the promised land. And Moses warns them, when you experience these things, be sure basically to keep his commandments. Because if you don't, you will forget God. So the warning of Moses done. Here we see the dangers basically of abundance and prosperity. Now I'm not saying na evil ang maga prosperous per se. I'm not saying a wrong maga wealth per se. What's important to take note here is our attitudes. When we become prosperous, when we experience wealth, when God blesses us, when we experience our answered prayers, financial breakthroughs, unsa by attitude na to anak? How do we react to that? Because sometimes, or a lot of times, we have this in case of emergency mindset towards God. But it's easy for us to seek God, to pray to God, to try and obey God as much as we can when we need something from God. When we're desperate. Like, Lord, asa mga Lord, pray ka ni God. Bali ni mong pray, read the Bible, and all those things. But when everything is okay, when you're provided for, when you're blessed, it's easy for us to forget God. Just like the Israelites, you know, warning in daan ni Moses. Ever notice that when things are okay, sometimes, or a lot of times, the truth is we forget God. And we should be careful of that. We must remember God at all times, especially in times of abundance. For it is easy to forget our need for God in times of plenty. We must be careful and watchful. We should be mindful of that. Moses warns the Israelites this. Take care lest you forget God. In verse 14, in the NLT version, it even says there, Do not become proud at that time when you experience these blessings and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Meaning, don't forget that it is God who made all of things possible. In other words, when we experience blessings, prosperity, we might think na, ah, tungod ni na ako. Tungod ni sa akong kibuhat. I, um, I work hard. I made this all possible. This is me and my doing. This is my money. This is my wealth. I made this all possible. Forgetting in the first place that it was God who made all of this possible. It is God who provided for us. It is God who enables us to produce wealth. It is God who's richly blessed us. The same thing with the Israelites. Moses is reminding them, don't forget it's the Lord God who rescued you from the land of Egypt. If God did not do that, if God did not rescue them from Egypt, they would still be slaves in Egypt. They would not be fruitful. Their flocks, their herds would not multiply. Their gold and silver would not multiply. They would still be slaves in Egypt. So Moses is telling them, do not forget God. Remember God. And again, what is a surefire way for us to remember God and not forget about Him? By keeping His commandments. By making sure to obey what He has told us to do. When we look at back this chapter, okay, we see the call to the Israelites to obey God and His commandments so that they won't forget that He is faithful to keep His promises and that He is the source of their blessings, provision, and prosperity. So God makes it all possible. They're about to experience the blessings and they should not forget that it is God who makes this possible. Now, when you go to the 
tail end of Deuteronomy, sa book, it's important to take note of this. You'd see what happens afterwards. Or also by mga last few words in Moses sa Israelites. Because again, he's about to die as well. In chapter 30, verse 19, Moses basically gives this choice to the Israelites. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Moses says, basically, you have two options, Israelites. Choose life or death. Choose God or not. If you choose this one, you will experience blessings. If you choose the other one, curses. Ang yun Moses sa Israelites, I plead you, choose life. Choose blessings. Choose to God. In chapter 31, verse 29, Moses says this naman, For I know that after my death, you will surely act corruptly and turn aside from the way that I have commanded you. And the days to come, evil will befall you because you will do what is evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger through the work of your hands. Meaning Moses says, Nag-plead that choose life, but Moses says, Kabulo ko ninyo. Kaila ko ninyo. 40 years ko galid ninyo. I know your inclinations. I know what you're prone to do. And Moses tells them that you will surely act corruptly. He knows that try as they might, these Israelites, there's something fundamentally wrong with them. And of course, Apila Shana. And Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 4, tells us this. It says here, But to this day, Moses says, The Lord has not given you a heart to understand, or eyes to see, or ears to hear. I mean, there's something wrong with the Israelites. Their hearts need to be replaced. They need to have the right kind of heart. Because on their own, heart, they cannot fully and perfectly obey God. They cannot fully and perfectly follow the law. All those 600 plus laws, they cannot follow nila. So same to As you're hearing about this, you might think, okay, obey ko ni God, obey ko ni God. But we can't just do so on our own will, on our own strengths. But for us, for the longest time, we think, okay, Lord, I'm going to be blessing. Para makuha na ako answered prayer na ako, Lord, bato na ako na, bato na ako na. But we can't fully or, you know, obey God with our own strengths lang. Because there's something fundamentally wrong with us as well. And that is our sinful nature. Same with the Israelites. There was something wrong with them. And in fact, if you read through Genesis to Deuteronomy, and even after that, sa mga time of the prophets, even sa mga time of David, you would see a certain cycle. God would give laws to the Israelites. They would break it. And then they would repent. Then God would give them more laws, and then they would break it again. So there's a cycle of rebellion that the Israelites. But the good thing in this book, of the, the book of Deuteronomy, is that it doesn't all end in, on a bad note or on a sad note. There is a promise of hope, basically. Nagi allude to ang Deuteronomy. There's a promise that God would do something to deal with the corrupt hearts of the people, and this is good news for us as well. It says here in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you may live. In other words, this here is a promise that God is going to do something to the hearts of his people. The, the term there, circumcise your heart, it talks about the putting off of the old self, that they would become a new creation, basically. And this same train of thought is picked up by the prophets, like Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Jeremiah 31 very explicitly even says that there will be a new covenant. Come before, covenant with Abraham, covenant with Israelites. Now, they will have this new covenant. In chapter 31, verse 33, Jeremiah says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So there was the promise of a new covenant, a new 
sacred agreement basically with God. Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 19 says, And I will give them new heart and a new spirit I will put within them. And I will remove the heart of stone from them and from them their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Meaning God will change the hearts of his people. There was this promise of a new covenant. Now, quick question is, what does this all mean for us today? Because as you've been reading throughout these verses, can you promises ni God so far? Okay, Mosaic covenant, ang laws, these were for the Israelites. Now, none of us here, or if you're a Filipino, didn't like a Jewish person. So ang Mosaic laws, ang Mosaic covenant, that's not for us. But so my point, Annie, for us, what does this mean for us? Ba? The good news here for us is that there was a promise of a new covenant. The old covenant, that was for the Israelites. But the new covenant, though it was first for the house of Israel, na include na pod ang mga non-Jewish people. So meaning for us here today, for us who are believers, part tas new covenant, this is the good news. It says here, according to the New Testament Gospels and letters, the new covenant was made possible or ratified through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. Matthew 26 verse 28 says, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus' death on the cross made it possible for the new covenant to take place, basically. See, Jesus is mediator of the new covenant. His death is the basis of the promise. Hebrews 8 verse 6 even says, But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises. And verse 7 says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second so let me just quickly compare these two covenants. Okay, ang old covenant, it's for the Israelites. As you see in chapters 15 to 17, perfect obedience to the law was required for blessing, salvation, and forgiveness of sins. Kailangan buwato nila ni para ma-bless sila. Animal sacrifices were regularly used, again, for their worship or for them to receive forgiveness. But a new covenant, forever believes in Christ. Para nisa, whoever would believe in Christ, ang new covenant, salvation, forgiveness of sins, all other blessings is received by grace through faith in Christ. Jesus was the final sacrifice needed as well in Hebrews 10. Meaning, grabe ang new covenant. Grabe ang blessings makuha nato sa new covenant. Grabe ang promises ni God. And again, all of this is made possible through Christ. Unlike the old covenant wherein the Jewish people, they needed to do something to attain the old covenant. They need to follow all of these laws, all of these things, but they could not do so perfectly. Ang new covenant, it's made possible through Christ. And we are not recipients. If you're a believer, you are a Christian, you're following Jesus, guess what? You are a recipient of this new covenant. We are recipients of this covenant made by Jesus or made possible by Jesus. So what do we do now? Next question, knowing that we are partakers of this covenant, knowing that we are recipients of this, what should we do now? If you were to look back at what Moses did, or what Moses told the Israelites, he says na, God has been faithful to you, mga Israelites. He has been faithful to you over these years, even though we were in the wilderness, he has rescued us. We have been rescued from Egypt, taken care in the wilderness, won battles, seen miracles, and he will bless us pa when we go to the land. Then Moses says, therefore, obey him. Gina charge niyang Israelites to obey God. For obedience is the response of love. Parang, if the Israelites truly knew how much God loved them, and if they truly loved God, they will obey. But the same way, if we love our parents, well, we will obey our parents. Likewise, under Christ, 
the better Moses. God ultimately expressed his care for his people by bringing us out of something far worse than Egypt. God rescued the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, but God rescued us from something far worse than being slaves in Egypt. And that is from being slaves to our sin. Without God, we would experience condemnation because of our sins. We will receive the full punishment because of our sins. We will experience the divine holy wrath of God, which is just because of our sins. And God rescued us from that. From sin and death, God rescued us. How? By not sparing His one and only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. On our own, we could not save ourselves. On our own, we cannot do anything to rescue ourselves. It took Jesus, our Savior, to save us. Which is why an appropriate response to all of these things is likewise to obey Christ, to obey God still. We might not need to obey all of the 600 plus laws because some of them were civic laws, ritual laws, which is no longer applicable to us. But we can still obey God. John 14, verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If we love Jesus, we don't just talk about Jesus. We don't just tweet a post on Facebook or in Twitter. We don't just post verses. We, we don't just listen to topics, podcasts, read books. Those are good things. Those are important things. We don't just wear clothes and listen to music about Jesus. But we must obey His commandments. Now, what are some of these things that we can obey? Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40. says here, Teacher, someone was asking, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Of the things from the Old Testament that is carried over to the, to the New Testament or the New Covenant, because Testament is also covenant, the Ten Commandments and these two commandments are carried over. To love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And to love our neighbor as ourselves. The word love there doesn't just mean emotional or feelings lang. But it's a wholehearted devotion or decision to love someone with all our heart, soul, and mind. And it says here we are to do so towards God. Now again, the only way we're able to do that, again, it's not by our own strengths or will, because again, on our own, sinful nature na nato, but we're able to do so because our hearts have been renewed through Christ's death on the cross. Because we are now a new creation by what Christ did for us. Na put off ng old self nato, na circumcised ng hearts nato. Our old self has been put off, new creation nata. Now we're able to love God. We're able to obey Him, follow Him. We're able to love Him as well. In John chapter one verse twelve, it says there na to those who who believe in Christ or to those who received Him, it says there He gave them the right to become sons or children of God. So can you imagine this? God is not just our our master, our king, our lord, though he is all of those things, of course, but he's also our heavenly father. The difference between us and the old covenant that the Israelites have is that our covenant with God is that he is our heavenly father as well. We have this relationship with God. Our broken relationship with God was restored because of what Christ did for us. Therefore, we are drawn near to God. We are his children now. We are able to love him because we have been renewed by Christ. And that is why we can obey Christ. 
Again, just like the Israelites, the one simple thing is that we are charged to obey. Obey Christ. Obey Jesus. Not in a way na parang gipugos ka, parang servant lang, or other compulsion, or out of duty. Obey Christ out of love. Obey Christ as a response to how much He loves us. And as we do so, it is with knowing that He, God provides for us, that He is able to bless us. Because if kaya niya, it provide ang one only Son to assure us of our eternity and how much more the other things of this world. Kung kaya ni God, assure atong eternity that no one else can provide for us, how much more the other things of this world. That's how much of a blesser, a promise keeper, a provider God is for us. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit victorytumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.